but the reason uh, that, that I wanted to share this with you today is because after 20 plus ministries or years in ministry, I've noticed that um, this is a recurring issue in families and individuals, people having issues with, with their finances and, and with argue, arguing over money, how it's to be managed, um, getting in crisis situations and feeling fearful and not knowing how to handle it. Uh, so I've done, done a lot of research and, and studied a lot of the, the Christian financial planners like Larry Briquette and um, uh, Dave Ramsey. We've also done uh, financial peace. How many of you have been through financial peace? A lot of you have done that. It's a great program uh, that just discusses the, the biblical principles of managing the money that God has entrusted to us. Um, so I wanted to take some time this morning and share with you uh, some principles that will help you in addressing some of those problems that, that come up, that arise. Um, I believe if you can prevent it before it becomes a problem, uh, it's much better than having to, to solve the problem after the fact. So we're going to talk about some of the principles in the Word of God um, that will help you with financial management. I want to start with uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Um, I know we have, we have probably heard that uh, this, this verse misquoted often to say that money is the root of all evil, but that's not exactly the case. That's not what the scripture says. It says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. The thing is, when, you fo when your focus becomes acquiring money for the sake of prestige, power, or to collect possessions for yourself as your primary goal, your priorities are no longer aligned with biblical principles, and you've opened the door to trouble in your life because you've lost the focus. Uh, so you see, it's not, money's not really the problem. The heart is the problem. How you feel about money is the problem. How you use it, how you treat money is where we can stray from what God has entrusted for us to do. So the first thing I wanted us to understand about money is it's a tool. It's something that we use. It's not moral. It's not immoral. It's amoral. It can be used to do good, or it can be used to do bad things. Just for an example, one tool that comes to mind is a hammer. Um, if you're a skilled carpenter, you can take a hammer and build a really nice house. You can build a church. You can do great things with that hammer if you know how to use it properly. Um, if you don't know how to use it and you try to build a house, you may hurt yourself, may lose a finger. You know, it, it, you may have trouble um, if you don't use it appropriately. Or on the other side of that, you can take a hammer and do intense damage you can destroy buildings, you can injure other people because you don't know how to use the tool. So what we need to understand about money is that that tool is something that is entrusted to us similar to the talents and the giftings and the abilities that God has given us. Um, how many of you know that you're special to God? You are. You are the apple of his eye. He loves you with all of his heart so much so that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. He loves you, and he's very concerned about our lives and what we do and, and, and what we become. He has a plan for us, and I don't know about you, but I, I think his plan is better than anything I could come up with on my own. So I would much, father, uh, much rather 
follow his direction than come up with my own plan. Amen? So God has blessed us and given us abilities and gifts uh, they, you are unique. You are special. You can do things no other person can. There, there are things that people can't do that you can do well. Uh, there are gifts. There are skills. There are things that you've gone to school and you've learned and you, you, uh, you know that other people may not know. Those talents, those gifts, those abilities, they all come from God. And so it's important for us to understand that not only are all of the things that we have, including the, the ability to breathe and live and walk on this earth, came from God. So the money that God has entrusted to us is a gift from Him. It's a gift from God that we are responsible to manage. So let's talk a minute about stewardship. Stewardship is just managing what God has, has placed in your care. A good example of, of stewardship uh, you can find in Genesis uh, when Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers and he finds himself in Potiphar's house. Uh, Joseph becomes the steward of that home. So he is responsible for the, everything that happens in that house, the maintenance of the house, to make sure everyone in the household, the servants, the people, everyone are fed, they are clothed, they have everything that they need, uh, that the livestock is taken care of, that it's healthy, uh, that everything is moving and flowing well. And that's something that, that, that was a, a, a very... Uh, one of, one of Joseph's gifts that he was very good at. He was, he was good at managing things. He was a good troubleshooter. He understood when something needed to be fixed or tweaked and said, hey, this isn't working, let's change it. And he, he became and he, he rose from the, the level of slavery to number, the number one guy in the house managing everything because he was a good steward. He understood how to manage that which was put underneath his care. What I'd like to share with you today is that we need to, number one, know and understand what God has entrusted to us. We need to know our gifts. We need to know our abilities. And, and we use this every day. I mean, we're, we're probably working in a job or a career that we're good at. We're probably in, in an area where our skills are being used well. And if they're not, it's something that you may want to eventually shift over into doing something that you know is your gifting or your calling, something that you love, something that's your passion. Uh, until you can get to that place, you may be in a job that you don't like. It may not be your favorite, but you have to pay the, the bills. And I tell my kids all the time, you know, we've got to make sure you eat at least once a week, whether you're hungry or not. You know, we've got to... I'm kidding. I feed them. Uh, but we have to be able to understand what our gifts are and that we're using them. And eventually, I think we should. I think we should find a place in our life that we're doing what we love, doing what God has called us to do, because there's no better place to be than smack dab in the middle of God's will for your life. There's no better place. So I encourage you, even if you, if you know, you know, I, this is the path to get to the journey. Right now, I'm, I'm working at, uh, at McDonald's. I don't want to stay here forever. Um, I know God has other plans for me. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a good steward here so that when I get there, God will trust me with the rest. Um, there is a parable that I, I was going to share today, but I, I wouldn't have had time to get into it and unpack it like I would like to, but the parable of the, the tenants that, that uh, Jesus shared where much was re required from those 
um, who had much. When they did well, they were given more. When they, were, when they invested their money wisely, when they invested the talents that were given to them, uh, the king gave them more according to their good works, according to what they did. Their management skills uh, provided them with more. Um, so when we have a lot, God requires a lot from us. So the first thing that we need to know, not just about our talents, but also about our finances, is what do we have? Um, if you were to go and get a loan, you would be asked, what's your net worth? Um, do you know what your net worth is? Do you know what your monthly income is? Do you know what your monthly expenses are? Do you know this? It, and just off of the top of the head, you could, you could tell me, or do you have it written down somewhere? You know, uh, for some people, it is fun to do budgets and math. Uh, there's, there's two of us here, I think. It's probably just me and... And Rachel back there, there may be <laughs> may a few other, other people that enjoy, you know, keeping that all organized. Um, and, you know, again, that may not be your gifting. But if you don't enjoy numbers and keeping track of things like that, it's still something that you should do as a management tool. And an easy way to do that is to write it down. So if you have a budget, then what you can do is write down what your income is and what your expenses are and track it. Now, there's a couple of things that are available, tools that you can use as well. Um, there's uh, Mint is a, an application you can use. Every dollar, I think, is another one. There's a few out there that will help you track your, your, your budget. You can actually set it up, and uh, some of them allow you to link your checking account to them so that uh, you can track and make sure your actual expenses are matching what your budget expenses are as well. Um, that's a great tool. You can also use spreadsheets or just a regular old piece of paper that you just write out, this is what we make and this is what we, we spend. The second thing that's very important to do as far as your budget is concerned is to make sure you're living on less than you make. That's important because the contrary is not sustainable. You can't keep that up. One example would be if, you, if, if your monthly budget or income is $3,000 and your living expenses is $2,000, that would be better than someone who had an income of $10,000, but their expenses were $15,000. They may make more money, but they're, they're not financially stable because they're spending more than what comes in. So living on less than you make, there's some, some things that you can do with your budget to help you do that. Number one is prioritize the items in your budget. What are the things that are requirements necessary to living? Um, and sometimes I think when we're trying to figure out how to balance that budget and make sure our income is more than our expenses, we can look at two things. We can look at either the expense side and make some changes, or we can look at the income side and make some changes. If we look at that, I would encourage you, look at the expenses first. See what you're spending your money on. Is there ways to cut down what you're spending now? Um, I do this once every six months or so. I reevaluate all my vendors and insurance companies and see uh, if I can get a better deal or if I can get a better interest rate for those with uh, credit cards. And uh, 
contact them and see if you can lower that down and reduce your expenses. Is there any, anything that we can cut out? Is there anything that we're spending money on? Maybe you have an old gym membership from three years ago that you haven't gone in 15 months. Might be okay to go ahead and cut that off your budget and save that money. So if you get to a place where you see, hey, my expenses are a little higher, then that would be some things that you could do is start cutting out those things um, and, and getting them cheaper if you can, the things that you need. Uh, so planning and budgeting that way on the expense side can help you balance your budget. And also, if you've cut everywhere that you can, you've, your, your living expenses are down to where you can't move them anymore, then another option is to create a way to increase your income. Uh, there are a lot of tools out there now. Um, I know DoorDash and uh, uh, Grubhub and these, these, um, these different companies allow people an opportunity to, to do a side hustle and make a little money on the side and to get your budget back up where it is and then deal with some of the things that are causing and draining the most of your, your income. Debt is one of the things we'll talk about in just a minute, but if you, would, if you would go through and write down your budget and look at the payments that you're making on um, de uh, credit cards, uh, car payments, and imagine what your budget would look like if all of that money that was going out was gone. How much more could you do? How much more would be in your budget to be able to make a difference in not just your life, but really make a difference in, in the lives of others and be free to be able to give and make a difference in our society as well. So do what you can, and again, we'll talk about debt just a little bit more, but do what you can to make sure the income that you're making is more than the expenses that are going out and track that. Another thing that we've, I've noticed in, um, in issues with budgeting is, is people stop doing it after a while. They, they, they say, well, we've got a problem, let's get this fixed, and then they don't, um, they don't stick with it. And one of those reasons, I think, is because of, uh, they don't make their budget, their budget flexible. Um, sometimes things change from month to month, and um, you need to be able to course correct. All four of my children work at, at uh, Chick-fil-A, and... Um, it's a great, a great company. Praise God for the Lord's chicken. Um, but one of the things that uh, their, their owner does is watches real time what, um, what is happening with their volume, with the money that's coming in. Um, they watch to see if the volume drops lower than what they expected. If the money coming in is not going to cover the expenses they have, they'll send people home and say, hey, we don't need, need you anymore for the rest of the day, take it off. Um, also on their, their rush times, if the volume is higher than what they expected, uh, they plan by putting people on call to pull, call in, in and say, hey, the volume has gone up, we need your resource here so that we can make sure that we can, we can manage this volume and be able to, to be financially solvent. So they do it real time. I mean, they're watching it at, at 12.33. If they see the volume spike, they're like, okay, we need to handle it quickly. Um, for your personal budget, you may not need that type of immediacy, immediacy or urgency. But at least once a month, it's a good idea to take a look at your budget and review it. The other thing that's important is not just that you review it, but if something changes, 
during the course of the month to give yourself freedom to move things around. So if maybe gas prices drop like they did during this, this period, you haven't needed to use that much money in, um, in transportation, especially since you weren't going a lot of places, um, you could transfer that money that you had for your, um, for your gas and maybe even your food if you're not eating out as much as you were, and you can move that into maybe a savings fund, or if you have a debt uh, reduction plan, you could maybe move it over there and start paying that debt down faster. So give yourself the flexibility to change it and not think, well, we set this, you know, January 31st, it's going to be that way all the way through the year. It's not going to move. It's not going to change. Life changes. Things happen. Your expenses change. Life happens, things that you don't expect happen, and you need to be prepared uh, to make corrections in your budget or prepare with an emergency fund as well. Another thing that's important about financial management is that everyone that's involved in the process, whether it be earning the income or spending the income, need to be involved in the process. I'll give you two scenarios, or one scenario it just handled differently. Imagine with me someone goes to the Bass Pro Shop and buys a $10,000 boat. And they come home, and they go through the door, and they, they tell their wife or husband, hey, guess what? I just bought a boat. Two things, well, maybe three. There, there may be a couple of options that happen. The first is, if the other person was not party to that decision at all, World War III may commence in your home at that moment. What have you done? The bills are due. The mortgage is due. And, and where are we getting this money? Where did it come from? Anxiety, fear, and the things that I was talking about that would, would pull relationships apart, that would cause stress and fear and doubt, would, would just envelop the room because there wasn't proper planning in advance. Imagine the same thing happened. Somebody comes, with, with, comes home and says, I just bought a boat. But the other person knew that there was, a, there was a savings account that you had set aside to buy a boat and knew that that was in the process and it could happen at any time. You may have some questions like, how much was the boat? Again, 10000 How much was in our account for that? 11000 Crisis averted. You're like, okay, cool. We got a boat. When are we going out? Or even better, the two of them go and shop for the boat together. They planned together. They talked about it before and said, hey, yo, wouldn't it be nice for our family to have a boat? Maybe if we have some extra money, we can start setting that aside in a savings fund. And when we get there, we'll wait for it. Wait till we have the money. We're not going to buy it. No money down, no interest for one year because we know about that trap. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. We're going to save, and then we're going to go to the store, and we're going to buy it together. We're going to pick it out together. Zero stress. Then both people are involved. Both people are engaged. Both people are clear, in clear understanding of what's happening with the money, and there's peace. And there's nothing better than financial peace. I would mentioned an emergency fund. This is another important part of your plan because you can't plan for everything. It would be nice, but you can't. Sometimes COVID-19 happens. Sometimes jobs are lost. Sometimes things happen. Your cars are going to break down from time to time. There are going to be parts that you need to replace. 
And when that happens, you can have that money set aside ready, ready to, to spend when needed. Uh, I remember going through financial peace, and we've facilitated that several times here at our church. And um, someone came in and said, look, I just started getting this going. I'm so frustrated. I just got my budget together. I've, I've actually got off baby step one. I'm, I'm on baby step two, paying off everything else. I've got my emergency fund in place. And my car broke down, and it's going to be $600 to fix it. And I said, I just can't believe this. I'm trying so hard. And then this, this happened. And I said, well, wait, back up a minute. Did you just say you have an emergency fund? Yeah, it's $1,000. And I said, well, how much is your repairs? $600. That's why it's there. That's why it's there. So take the money out of your emergency fund, pay for that, and then just slowly build that emergency fund back up again. And she was like, you know, I was so used to worrying about this when something happens I had forgotten that I had properly planned for this and should have just been at peace about it. <laughs> she said, it's going to take me a moment to get used to that, used to being, oh, well, that's okay. We'll just take the money over here and we'll take care of that, that easily. So one of the things that um, Dave Ramsey encourages, and it, I, I think it just depends on your circumstance, he recommends $1,000 as like a baby emergency fund to start with. Um, that's a good goal to begin. Maybe if you're single, you could get away with, with $500, but $1,000 would, would fix most minor issues that you would run into financially. Um, so that's a good place to start. And then once you've, get, you've, you've moved beyond that point where you've got your budget working, your, your, incomes are high, your income is higher than your expenses, you're saving, you have your emergency fund in place, then you can start expanding your emergency fund to include uh, three to six months of your income. It makes it a lot easier when something happens to your job if when it happens you know you have money in place to cover those expenses. Again, I go back to Joseph and his dream that he shared with Pharaoh. Um, said, hey, famine is coming. And you know what? We should always prepare. We should be ready because there's going to be a time famine comes. There's going to be a time pandemic comes and you can't work. And when that happens, why don't we take what we have here and let's put it in a storage so that we can use that in the future. Proverbs uh, 21, verse 20. It says, In the house of the wise there are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all that he has. So again, it's, it's like the ant and the grasshopper, you know, that, that story. The ant's always working, making sure that they're prepared for when, when winter comes. We have to be prepared for the famine. If we store things away, then we'll be prepared when something like this happens. So if you can use an emergency fund to build that income, that will help you. If you can have three to six months set aside, that will be of assistance to you. You can also share or, or save for things that, um, that you want to save for, big, big pur purchases. Um, they call them sinking funds in business. So if you have a large, just say you work for Walmart, you have a big, huge building that you have to maintain. They take money and set it aside in sinking funds to replace things like a roof, uh, which is 
expensive or a parking lot to have to repave the parking lot. So over time, they plan for these big expenses. Over time, you may have to replace your car, um, putting money aside and saving for these projects. Uh, perhaps God's laid it on your heart to, to do ministry, and He wants to send you out and, and do something. You can start setting money aside for that, that project as well. I remember one time uh, God just really spoke to me, and it, it was when I was working on planning and financial things, and, and God just spoke to me and said, would, would you be ready to go on a, a, a trip, a mission trip, if I called you to go somewhere and, uh, and share the word of, share my word with, with someone? And I said, of course, yeah, Lord, I could definitely do that. Um, you know, I can do a two-week or month trip. And he said, well, what if, what if I wanted you to go longer? What if I wanted you to do it for a year or for two years? And I said, well, Lord, I, I've, I've, I would definitely do it if you provided the money. You know, if you, if you made the way, I, I know that I could go and do that. So I thought that was a pretty good answer. But then he came back with this that I think it was just for me. It was something to teach me about um, being careful about how I plan my money and how I spend it. And he said, well, what if I had already given you the money to go on that that?" trip for a year, but you spent it already. And I said, oh, <laughs> so, so planning is important. And not just planning together as, as, as a couple or, or with, with people that you trust to help you with your budget. Um, seeking God's direction and counsel is paramount as you're deciding deciding how you're going to spend and manage the money he's entrusted to you. Don't you think it was important to Joseph that what he was doing pleased Potiphar? Don't you think he asked him if he was going to do something? He said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this problem over here. I think we can tend the fences and that will keep us from losing the flocks. He'd want to run that by him first when Potiphar said, no, we're going to destroy that. We're going to move in a totally different direction. Don't worry about that at all. You've, you're wasting your efforts over there if you do that. He would check. That's wise. We should do the same things as we're planning. Um, we haven't done this in a, a long time, but we used to um, have, uh, my wife and I would do date nights to do our, our planning, our, our budget. Our budgets were date nights. So once you get down, it's pretty, you know, pretty quick. So, um, We've been doing that for several years, so it was pretty much five minutes planning, and then the rest of the time was date night. So it was just a fun way for us to get together. But something that's important to include in that time of planning is seeking God's direction, asking Him, okay, God, we don't want to submit this, this plan of ours and say, bless it. We want to know, what do you think? What do you think about our budget? What, do you, what can we change that would give you more honor and more glory? So, saving is important. Planning is important. Communicating is important. Making sure that you're saving for emergencies is something that is, is very important to do, but most important of all is seeking God's direction and guidance in what you do. The next area of savings that I wanted to just touch on um, and not really go into um, in detail, 
uh, for this message. But investing is another thing that um, anytime you invest for something longer than five years or save for something longer than five years, it's considered investing rather than saving. So something like retirement or maybe a down payment for a new home, depending on how long it takes you to get the, the down payment saved. Um, that's investments. I just want to encourage you again that we need to be good stewards of our investments. If you're your friend at the grocery store tells you about this great stock that you need to invest in, don't run and just put your money in that because he said it was good. Understand anything that you invest in. So don't just invest because everyone else is doing it or it sounds like a good idea or your best friend think is doing it and so you should too. Invest in things that you know. Maybe stock market is not your thing. You don't, you don't want to be involved in that, but maybe you know cars. Start saving for car investments. Buy the old junkers, fix them up, and sell them for a profit. You know, there are things that you can do to invest. Um, my wife is a, a, realist, or is a realtor, and, and uh, so we know real, real estate. We've owned rent, um, rental houses, and we're in, we're in business now to flip houses. So we'll, that's, that's something we understand. We can look at a house and say, okay, this is how much it costs us. This is how much it's going to cost us to repair it, get it back on the market. We think market value is here. Let's do it. Pull the, pull the plug and do it because it makes sense to us. We understand that. There are so many things that could be an investment for you, even hobbies. Uh, I know people that, that collect the little RC cars, and they'll buy parts here and there, and they'll build new cars and sell them and turn them for a profit. There are many things that you can do aside from the the stock market to invest. Uh, the stock market is, is good, and if you have at your work um, 401k programs where they will match whatever you put in, it's a good idea. It's pretty wise to go ahead and invest up to how much they're giving you because they're giving you a, a bonus, basically, uh, 3%, 5%, whatever it is that they give you, and then have a hand in deciding how that's allocated. Usually they have specific um, either mutual funds or ETF funds that they allow you to, to select and diversify them. Make sure that you have one that's for uh, large companies, small companies, mid-sized companies, and maybe one that has uh, in international too so that you've spread your, you don't have all your investments in one place where if one's doing, not doing well, maybe the other is doing, doing better. Uh, so that's what I would in encourage there as far as uh, retirement funds are concerned using the stock market. Now, you may love s studying stocks and can, can tell where the highs and lows are on a, on a certain company. You know it fluctuates and you know right when to sell and right when to buy. Um, if, if you enjoy that and you understand it, that's a great investment as well. The final thing or the final... Um, Two principles that I wanted to share with you regarding financing is uh, giving is the fourth. Giving should always be a part of your financial plan. It really should. Now, what you give to and how much you give, of course, that's between you and the Lord to decide. Uh, we, I'm not here to tell you what you should give, but what I'm telling you as, as the Savior that we serve is our example because we are Christ-like, we are like Christ who gave himself for us 100%. So we should have the same heart as Christ does. And the thing is, this is not, you know, if you're like, I don't know about that, 
I understand. Don't, don't feel pressured. We're not going to take an offering up right now and ask you to give blood and plasma. And we're, we're not about that. We're, this is about your relationship with God. This is about you. It's not about uh, the church. It's about having the Spirit of Christ. The more time we spend with Him, the more Christ-like we become. And you begin to, to get excited about having an opportunity to give. You look and see someone in, in maybe in the grocery store behind you looking through their coupons and trying to, to get pennies so that they can make their, pay for their groceries and they're afraid they're not going to do it. And God speaks to your heart. Why don't you just buy those groceries? And having the money because you have set aside for giving, having a giving fund, you can just without thought put that money on, on the table and, or on the, the counter and say, God's got you. You don't have to worry about paying this time. God bless you and walk away. And it's awesome. How many of you love giving? Do you enjoy that? It's just a pleasure. I mean, I, it, it's, it's so awesome to be able to give and make a difference. Whether it be through the ministries of the church or one-on-one, -on -one, it's still important and it's still powerful and it's still a major part of our financial plan. If you look at the people that do the, the best with money, even those that are not, um, not believers, the ones that do the best are giving because it's a sound biblical principle that even if you're not a believer, if you follow it, it will reap benefits. So I wanted to encourage you, have a giving plan, even if it's setting things aside so you'll be ready at a moment's notice for that mission trip, uh, to bless that person who needs a hand, uh, provide rent for someone that needs it, and you're ready. The last part that I wanted to share for the, um, the financial perspective of what I'm going to share with you today is uh, debt. Debt is basically spending money that you do not have and promise to pay it back later. Now, there are several different schools of, of thought on how debt can be used and how it can be managed. Um, we're going to look at personal debt, we're going to look at business debt, and we're going to look at how you can get out of debt. For personal debt, there is a school of thought that cut up the cards, don't ever use them again, don't even look at the ads that come in your mail and throw them away. Um, and I understand that because it is, it is very easy. It's, it's a trap. It really is. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention before we go into debt, I forgot to mention, it's a tip for budgeting that um, I've seen has really helped people. Um, the difference between a debit card and cash. It is very easy to swipe that card, and it doesn't check your budget and say, wait a minute, do you have the money in this for the budget? It doesn't say that. It doesn't stop you. Maybe that's an app we should come up with. A little <laughs> that might be a good idea. It stops you and says, wait, you don't, you're not budgeted for that. That's a good idea. I'm going to think on that one. Um, <clears throat> but cash, you can't spend more than you have of cash. 
So one of the things that, that um, Dave Ramsey recommends, and not just Dave Ramsey, uh, many financial advisors, is using an, uh, an enveloping system like your grandmother did, where she had money set in there for gas, for groceries, um, she had uh, money in there for clothes, and if she needed money for that, she would take it out of that, that envelope, spend it, and when it was gone, she didn't spend any more for that time period. So one thing that may help you stay on your budget is, is picking some categories like that that you can use cash rather than your debit card and see if it makes a difference. Um, it's amazing how the money just flows out of your pocket and you don't even realize it when you're swiping the card, especially when there's more swipers than you. Any of you watch Dora the Explorer? Swiper, no swipey, swiper, no swipey. We can stop them from swiping just a little bit then maybe we can do it. And you, you may be, you know, again, if you have one of those apps like Mint or Every Dollar, where you can look at it before you even check out, see how much money you have in, in the account, say, oh, I, have, I don't have quite enough in that, and have the discipline to walk away, use the debit card. They are convenient. Um, but I encourage you to try the cash option just to see if that makes a difference in your budget. So back to debt. There are... Some that say that we shouldn't use credit cards at all, and others say, well, what if I'm trying to keep my credit score at a certain place because not credit scores are used for much more than just obtaining credit now. You, you go to, for a job interview, and they're saying, okay, we're going to do a background check. We're going to check your credit. You know, so having a zero credit score, which is what Dave Ramsey recommends, is a little bit more difficult if you're going into um, a job interview these days. So if you feel that you need to have credit, then be disciplined with how you use it. I know some people that, that are very disciplined, and they use it for all of their utilities. They pay them off. They get all the points from their credit card or their travel miles or whatever that they use them for, and then they pay them off immediately. So if, if you don't keep a balance on personal debt, um, then... And you're disciplined with that, I think that's, that's a, a, a fine plan as long as you are disciplined and can keep that discipline as well. Otherwise, I would encourage you not to use them. Keep them, keep them for your credit report, but zero balance those suckers. Um, the second thing that, that people ask about is, is uh, business debt. Um, what if you're using money for business purposes and you have the money set aside that you can pay it back immediately if, it, if you ran into an emergency. Businesses are a little bit different. You can get a line of credit that will help you. Like for us, we do have a line of credit with the bank because if you've ever tried to buy a house, um, you've probably um, thought some bad thoughts about underwriters from time to time. Uh, those are the people that approve the loans and you go through and you give them all the information that they need uh, you think, but then they come up and ask, or come back and ask for the same information that you've already given, and then they ask you a letter to explain why you're moving down the road, um, because I want to, um, <laughs> but they ask for all of these, these little nitpicky things, so in our experience, having a, a line of credit so that we could just buy a property, we have it secured with money that we have in savings. If anything were to happen, if the economy were to crash, we would be able to pay off that loan immediately and move forward. Uh, there are times like that in a business, that's another good use of, of credit. 
But these these items that you'll see in marketing is big. I mean, they send it out to, I think my 15 and 16 year old kids were getting credit card applications um, as, as teenagers uh, because they're, sewing, they're marketing so hard to get people to spend because they make so much money. The interest that they charge is ridiculous uh, for credit cards. And uh, they do the, you don't have to pay anything right now, not a thing, and you won't even pay interest for four years. And if something happens and you can't pay that interest after four years, what happens is they retroactively add it all back. So you've, you, they still got you. So that's, they're betting on that, and they're not dumb. They're, they've, they've done the time, and they've done the research and realized that people don't normally pay these back. And the percentages were enough for them that they said, let's offer this, and we'll make our money. We'll still get our, their interest from most of the people. And they do, and they do. So they're traps that they're, they're setting to get you to use their, their products and to use credit. So the final thing about debt is how to get out of debt. If you found yourself in a position of debt and you want to get free, there are tools that you can use. Um, there are many of them out there. I have a, a spreadsheet that I use that has two options. One is the Dave Ramsey um, debt snowball where you pay off the, the smallest debt first and work to the highest debt and just throw everything you possibly can at that first one. When that first one's paid off, celebrate, roll all of that into the next one. When that one's paid off, celebrate, and, and so on. The, other, the only difference between that, the rollover period is the same, but with the other option, you start with your highest interest credit card. Normally, it, it ends up being about the same uh, breakout as far as time is concerned or the amount of money that you spend in interest, uh, but sometimes, depending on the interest rates, it can make a significant difference. So I've got a tool where you can plug it in and see which one makes more sense for you and which one pays it off faster and which one uh, pays it off with the less amount on interest. So if you're ever interested in anything like that, I've, they're just spreadsheets. I can send them to you. So if you ever have questions about how to get out of debt, it's planning. It's the same thing you're doing with your budget. It's plan a way to get more than those minimum uh, payments. If you're paying only minimum payments on your credit cards, you will not pay them off in your lifetime. They will be there until either Jesus comes and then it won't matter or when you pass away. So having a plan and understanding how long it takes to pay you out of debt is important and it will help you to see how to do it. Now you may be saying today, well Lance, I'm, uh, what if my budget is, or my income is zero? What if, what if I am in so much debt I can't breathe, I'm fearful, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I, I, I don't know if I don't even have enough money to file for bankruptcy, and I'm frightened. I'm scared. If that's you today, I want to encourage you that there's no mountain too big for God. There's no situation that he can't handle, and you don't need to be fearful. And I know sometimes planning is, is something we resist a little bit because of fear, because we don't want to know. <laughs> we, we don't want to face it. We don't want to face that maybe I'm Maybe I have a problem here. It's okay. You know, we just skip some bills every now and then and we'll get through and it'll be, you know, I'll just won't, I'll think about that tomorrow. Um, but I want to encourage you. Reach out to God. Ask for his strength. And say, God, you see what I'm in. You see where I am. I don't have what I need. I need your mercy. I need your help. I need your wisdom. And God is here. He promised he would never leave us or forsake us. 
He can see you right where you are, and he can guide you through. All you have to do is reach out to him. Don't be afraid. Trust God. And he'll show you how to get out of that, that valley. He'll give you the strength to get to a place where you can, you can look at, at putting a plan together to help keep you from getting to that spot again. You can learn. You can grow. I mean, I think that's what happened to me is I was there. I was at the bottom, I, you know, I was one, one at one time where I was fearful about, I didn't know if we were going to keep our house. I didn't know where we were going to live. I didn't know how we were going to pay our bills and feed our, our family. And it's scary. It is terrifying. But when you realize that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, when you understand that the money is not yours anyway, when you understand the gifts and the abilities that he gave you can be used to make a difference in this world and make a difference in my world, then you're at peace. And I think it was Brad or, uh, that said it earlier, we may not see the victory yet, but because we know he's faithful, we can praise him and give him thanks before we see the victory come, before we see the answer to our prayer. And we can say, Lord, I'm in a difficult place. I admit I'm afraid. I don't know how to get in. I don't know how to get through this. I don't know how to, how to survive. But you are able. And I thank you for the victory before I see it. I thank you for the answer before it comes. Because I know it is. And I know he will. And if there's anything I can do, I've, again, I was a financial advisor for several years. I would love to help you if, if you need help. Uh, we have several on our staff here that have, have gone through training for that as well that would, would love to help you if you needed help. And if you just need the tools, if you're like, hey, Lance, will you send me that spreadsheet you were talking about? I'll send it your way. So just let me know. And that's it. Have you had fun? Was this so much fun? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you guys, and thank you again for the opportunity. And the reason we share this is just that that's our heart. We know that in this time period, specifically, there are a lot of people suffering, and they don't know how to get through this financial crisis, and we want to give you hope that there is a way out, there is a way through. And if there's anything we can do to help, we're here to pray with you, and we're here to guide you, and do whatever we can to help. Amen? If everyone would stand, we're going to close.